0: Welcome to Zoom O'Clock with your host, Tessie Anthony de Nassau. This podcast brings you enlightening discussions with leading experts and public figures directly to your ears. Hi, Sheree. Hi, Tessie. How are you?
1: <laughs> I am wonderful. I am wonderful. Thank you so much. Are you good? Yes, really good. Thank you for making the time. Where are you and how are you?
0: Well, I'm at home at the moment, I'm working from home like so many other people, but luckily for me, um, because of my work as a a lawyer is international work anyway, um, I've been able, we do a lot of the stuff that we do online, so I'm having many more Zoom meetings like this, but a lot of my work is is writing and uh, researching and I've got the setup here at home that I can do as well as Anywhere else. So uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm managing and coping with uh, this interesting situation we're all in.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And thank you so much for making the time. So, for everyone who do not know um, Sherry yet, um, Sherry Blair is the founder of the Sherry Blair Foundation for Women. She's a leading international human rights lawyer and a passionate campaigner for women's equality and wife of former british prime minister tony blair what an incredible incredible bio of course there's so much more but i don't want to tell your story i would love to hear your story from your words um, and what are your passions and how did these passions bring you to where
0: you are today Well, I think my passion for human rights, and particularly my passion for women's rights, really started at the very beginning of my journey as I grew up in, in Liverpool. Uh, and I mean, when I was born into a very ordinary family in, in, in Liverpool, I don't think anyone would have dreamed that, that I could end up living in number 10 Downing Street. But that's the uh, strange things that happen in, uh, in life. But... Perhaps the biggest thing that happened to me in my early years was when I was eight and my father abandoned my mother, my sister and I. We were living with his mother in in Liverpool. And I realized, uh, my mother found herself having to support our small family on her own. And for her, this was a particular problem because at the age of 14, her own mother had died. And so she had uh, left school in order to look after her father, who was a minor, and her 10-year-old brother. Um, So she'd stopped her schooling and therefore she found herself with not many qualifications in order to make make a living. But like many many women in that situation around the world, she picked herself up. Uh, She found herself a job, first of all, at a fish and chip shop. But later on, she managed to get a job in a big department store in Liverpool and ended up managing the travel agency that uh, was in that department store. from an early age, I knew the struggle she had as a woman to be taken seriously in business, uh, to be taken seriously, for example, to get, a, to get a, a loan so she could buy her own house. I mean, she was refused that in those days because as a married woman, without not living with her husband, uh, they wouldn't lend to her. So I understood that for women, um, there are additional issues uh, about to succeed in the world that maybe men, which we know, that men don't have. And so I was determined to prove to my mum and my grandma that with all the sacrifices that they made, um, that I was going to do my best uh, to succeed in what I did. And I was very lucky to go to law school at the London School of Economics. Uh, Then I became a barrister um, and turned out I was quite good as as a lawyer and I have been able um, to make a career. So now I'm a QC, I've been a QC for 25 years. But my passion for human rights, my passion for women's rights has always remained part of my practice. Whether what I do now today in my own law firm, where we we do a lot of work about business and human rights and whether of course through my foundation, which I set up in 2008 and uh, of course happy tell you a little
1: bit more about that yes absolutely i want to hear all about the foundation and thank you for sharing such intimate beautiful memories from your past and talking about your mother i personally didn't know that and that is just so inspiring and definitely you can say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree um so you have definitely um you have an impressive um, bio and you are very well known in the field of woman advocacy so um, moving on then from here as you already mentioned briefly can you tell us a bit about the foundation please when did it started it? what is its aim and um, so it says in the name obviously foundation for women but what does it actually do and
0: how can we support you as well Well, the foundation really came about from, from a number of things. Firstly, of course, obviously my own experience, because as a, as a barrister, I am my own small businesswoman, if you like. Uh, and so I had learned through the 80s, after I got married, what it was like to be a working mum uh, at the time then with three children. And then uh, when we moved into Downing Street, of course, uh, 20 years ago, and he's going to be 20 very soon. We had the first child born to a serving prime minister in uh, over 100 years, 150 years, actually. And so um, managing that was an interesting challenge for me. And the way I was able to do that, apart from great support that I had, is because I used technology. I don't know how it was that I somehow became interested in technology, but from pretty much when my daughter was born in 1988, um, we i was introduced to technology and within two years of that i found myself chair of the bar of england Wales uh, information technology committee so uh and when my husband became prime minister and i moved into 10 downing street i would never have been able to continue to work full-time which i did if it hadn't been for the flexibility that technology gave me the flexibility that i'm experiencing again today in these circumstances and whilst i was in downing street Um, I had the opportunity to do more than just be a barrister, if you like, but also to be able to travel across the world with my husband, sometimes without my husband. And in the course of those travels, um, I would often be introduced because of my interest in women's rights to some incredible women uh, around the world. And I soon realized that, you know, a fortunate woman like me who can use technology to help her run her business is in a much better position And some of the women I were meeting, who were much more, their their struggles as women with their own businesses was much more like my mum's position when she found herself in a society that wasn't at that time open to single parents at all. Um, And wasn't that open to women, you know, managing and having their, their own careers. Or perhaps some of the women I met were more in the situation that I was when I first started. As, as a young lawyer in the mid 1970s, when people would say things like, "You know, well, women aren't really suitable uh, as advocates because their voices don't travel so far," or, "Well, of course, sure you want to be a barrister now, but you know, once you have a family, you know, you'll want to give all that up." So I could see these parallels from my own and my mother's experience in the women that I met. And when we left Number 10 Downing Street, it could have just been a, a great experience for me. Uh, An amazing opportunity to view history in the making, but I wanted to do something more than that. I wanted to give something back, and to me, it seemed evident that there was a gap in helping women entrepreneurs the women who have small and medium sized businesses who are employing not just family members but beyond family members, employing people, helping build their locals' economies, being very important part of the local community. And I thought, how can I help these women Um, by using technology to, to gain some of the advantages that more fortunate women like you and I, Tessie, take for granted. And that came the idea. So the idea of the foundation is to use technology to help women entrepreneurs across the world get the training, the mentoring, the networks and hopefully, the access to capital that they need in order to make their businesses thrive and grow, so that they can redefine the future for themselves. But not just for themselves, because if we allow women to fully contribute to the economy, um, a research that my foundation did uh, just the 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 um, and the other year showed that we could add five trillion dollars to the world economy if only we allow women to have the same opportunities to operate their own businesses as men. So this is a hugely important task and technology is the key to that. So now, funnily enough, in this situation that we find ourselves in in the foundation, we were already quite well positioned because already we were delivering the programmes that we were doing using technology for example we have a global mentoring platform mm-hmm. where we match men and uh, women entrepreneurs um, with women entrepreneurs right. and because it's based on the web we have through our local partners we identified suitable women who could benefit from having a years-long mentoring relationship with an experienced person and um, so we are in over 100 countries in the world for that and of course it's all done on the web so literally this month we have just matched um, another 400 uh, pairs mentees and mentors together who will start that mentoring journey um, this month the end of this month one of our, our mentees says my mentor is my invisible friend who walks beside me on my business journey and what's been interesting of course is that at the moment we're able to communicate with our women on our mentoring platform and with the women in our programmes that we do in country. Um, And we've been asking them, you know, what effect has the the virus had on their businesses? And we've been able to collate that and produce some research to to try and get some image of what women business owners need and what help they need at at the moment. So we use technology, whether it's the mentoring platform, we have a great app on a mobile phone um, which provides no more than five or six minutes little bite-sized pieces of hints and tips of how to do business uh, for women entrepreneurs. That we are doing at the moment in Vietnam in Indonesia, and we're literally just launching it uh, thanks to a uh, generous donation from DHL in Kenya this month as well. So, and again... We can go ahead with that, and tweak it somewhat, but nevertheless, we can go ahead with it because it is based on uh, technology. So um, that's that's what we're doing. Let's see how we can help women around the world um, to do their business better and to achieve their dreams.
1: Wow, that is incredible. Uh, Definitely, well, sign me up. I really love it. I think it's really incredible. And it's also, it's pretty- well, you should, you should. We
0: would love, we, we would love more mentors. We really would. Somebody like, all we ask for our mentors around the world is that they're prepared to give two hours a month up over the internet as a time convenient with them to help a woman uh, brainstorm and problem solve uh, about her particular business challenges. And we ask that our mentors who we train in the best way to be a mentor, that they they have at least seven years experience in business. Um, So anyone watching this who would be interested, please go to our website. Um, And we've now matched in May. The next matching will take place in November. So there's plenty of time to be trained as a mentor uh, and to really uh, experience a one-to-one relationship with a woman entrepreneur, Most of our mentors, when we ask them what they've most got out of the the relationship um, is a sense of pride in what the women they've been helping have achieved, and also how much they themselves have, what they've learned about themselves and what they can do. Because for many people in business, you know, you specialise and there's lots of other talents that you might have, but you don't necessarily always use them at work with our women entrepreneurs. This enables um, you know this enables you to discover some of your talents as,
1: as, as well. Wow, that's amazing! Well, yes, definitely, and you know, having it's, it's such little time to give, to, and it has such a great impact. I'm sure that after people watching this video, that you will have definitely some people being interested in working with you because I think it's so needed, and it is just so, as you say, rewarding as the feedback you got. It just gives so much back to the mentor as well, to really put back in practice what they have learned from other people too. We are where we are also because of other people. And I think it's important to give back. So um, thank you so much for that. The time has run out already. Believe it or not, already? I know, I know. I just looked at the clock. I'm like, it's almost impossible. So I have a last question to ask you before you leave. we're in times of lockdown, there's so much happening, um, yet we have so many blessings in our life. There's so many beautiful things too. What do you have to share? What do you wanna share with the people listening to this video at this moment in time?
0: Well, the thing that comes over, especially since we've been communicating with our women entrepreneurs, you know, is the incredible resilience of, of women. And particularly at this time of, of, of crises, When so many, uh, the the difficulties that that women have about being taken seriously, the difficulties they have of often being in particular um, parts of business uh, which are particularly affected, whether it's retail or um, health businesses or um, education businesses that are being affected obviously by, by this lockdown, is the resilience of women. And the fact that on top of all that, as all of us do, and Tessie, I know you know as well as I was talking about my grandchildren, you have children, you know, you also have to deal with the fact that the schools are closed and that we're working from home and the children also have to be um, made sure that they're not suffering in their education as well. So the resilience of women is is an amazing thing. And, you know, we're not going to... Be able to get the economy recovering properly without building on that resilience and ensuring that as a result of this lockdown, the bad impact of that isn't felt disproportionately by women. Because we know, don't we, that so many of the businesses that are closed or are now under threat of possibly not being able to be open are industries where women are concentrated. Uh, and we also know. That many women, if the schools are closed and the, the caring responsibilities—not just for schools, but for elderly relatives—also fall on women. Some women will not be able to work, um, and so we need to ensure that when the recovery comes, that we have got ourselves in a position where actually the change won't will benefit women equally, if not more so than men, so that we can build that. Better, more resilient world that we look
1: forward to in the future. Wow, powerful words, and I agree with you entirely. Thank you so so much, Sherry, for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, we we keep talking offline, and I would love to work with you. So count me in, and then uh, I wish you absolutely. Much- Thank you. I wish you a beautiful rest of the day. Keep in touch. Keep in touch. Take care. Thank you for listening to this Zoom o'clock. We hope this discussion was insightful and has provoked some new ideas for you. Please share and subscribe.
0: If you like to keep in touch with your host, you can find her on Instagram under tessie underscore from underscore Luxembourg and on Twitter under tessie underscore DE.